On today's episode of the podcast, first of all, I talk about life with bear, which I feel would make a really good title of a book. And I share how strangely this time spent at home with a four and a half month old has become the most extraordinary, special, precious, and also very healing time in my life. And at the same time, so many of us are feeling the same thing. And I talk about how we are all collectively so anchored in a place of heartbreak right now and feeling outrage and grieving. And also through that, somehow getting a sense of perspective and also experiencing gratitude for what we have in our lives. And we are so far removed from what's happening, but also right there just how it's a very strange and difficult time to be a human. It's, um, you know, your regular episode from the heart. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's dive in. All right, my loves. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to a new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. It's snowing. <laughs> I'm looking out the window and it's actually snowing. Just beautiful, fluffy flurries of snow falling from the sky. I guess, I guess it's November. Is it? It's November. Yeah. Halloween came and went. And I immediately have this massive urge to put up a Christmas tree and I'm walking around singing Christmas songs and I don't know, I feel like as soon as Halloween is over, you do have permission to kind of get a little bit Christmassy, don't you? At least when it's snowing, like if it's actually snowing where you are, come on, like it's, it's, it's the season, okay? Can I, can I call it? It's really, yeah, it's really beautiful at the very least to sit here watching the snow. I have a cup of coffee by my side. Normally I record the show with some tea, but Dennis is actually home right now. He made me a home roasted coffee. This is Costa Rican beans and um, it's so delicious. Have I told you about Dennis and the fact that he's starting a roastery? Have I? I don't think so. I should probably wait for him to come on the show to tell the whole story, but... Dennis is roasting coffee now and it's magic. Like it's actual, actual magic. I had no idea how much went into coffee roasting. I had no idea how complex it was, how it's really an art. Like roasting coffee is really an And of course that makes sense. I mean, it's like making wine or making cheese or brewing beer or any of those kind of like handcrafted delicious things. It's all, yeah, it's all so much work and such a big practice but somehow with coffee I just I just assumed the beans kind of went into a <laughs> like they went into an oven or something and then they come out and they're delicious you know but it's actually such a science and such an art and he really has a knack for it it's really amazing so he has a, a he now he's 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 looking to buy a new roaster but he had a roaster for a while that he got to borrow from some friends 
that's how it started. Just he made friends with uh, some cool guys that have their own roastery. And he's been such a coffee geek for over a decade, like for a long time. He's been just this super, super coffee nerd and uh, really amazing at coffee and so interested in coffee and We've been kind of joking about it for years. Like you should do something either around bikes or coffee. And the standing joke that we had was he should open up like a biker's coffee shop, like a bike cafe where you sell bikes and where the bikers stop along the way from their like really long rides. And you have this amazing espresso and amazing coffee that you serve. And like then you get to combine the best of two worlds, right? Those are his two biggest passions. But then... All of a sudden, he started playing around with this roaster and then he's like, dude, I'm kind of good at this. Like, I, I I really enjoy doing this. Like, this is, I can see this becoming like something really real. And now for the past months, it's just kind of taken shape into this business, which is so amazing and really fun just watching him doing something that he's really passionate about and kind of fun to just being on the sideline of someone on the beginning of an entrepreneurial journey, which is definitely where he is. I feel like I've been really absorbed in my own for a long time. And I mean, I really have. Uh, I feel like for a long time, just my business and my work took up so much space in our marriage, in our relationship, especially since we were used to work together all the time. And you know, all of Dennis's work was somehow centered around me in a way, which made sense. And it worked for a long time until all of a sudden it kind of didn't work as well. I don't know. I can't really define it. It's just, I, and I really think it came from this longing deep inside of him of doing his own thing, having his own purpose. And of course, he's a great videographer, great photographer. Like he's done amazing work with me. Um, and it's been so much fun to get to do that together and work from home and work as we travel. And I mean, it's been so great, so convenient and really worked for us. But now just watching him doing this thing that just doesn't involve me at all. I don't know anything about. Yeah, it feels a little bit more like a normal, like we have more of a normal back and forth now where like he comes home at the end of a day and he has stuff to tell me that I have no clue about or you know, questions to ask or wants my advice on something or kind of just doing that back and forth where before we were already talking about all that work stuff all throughout the day. So we never really had a, it was kind of hard to distinguish between home and work, right? We never had that natural just delineation between, okay, work is over and then here's home life, like everything blended together. And, um, and yeah, and if we ever disagreed about something like work-wise or we had an issue or something like that, it was really hard for that to leave the kitchen table kind of like we could go over something over and over and over if something was was difficult or not working or we didn't see eye to eye on something work related or business related then that kind of lit you kind of stayed there between us like in in the relationship right i mean that's that's normal whereas now like this is just his thing and i'm kind of somehow carving out like what my thing is <laughs> is I don't know I don't know what my thing is I've had a it's been like a month now of just really doing the stay-at-home mom thing on my own and it's it's both so beautiful like really so cozy so mm, like I, I don't even really know if I have words for it like so it's so big and grand in its simplicity and like normalcy and how also boring it can be and like very it's just it's just like we do the same thing every day bear and I basically and we're just kind of getting into a really good routine where we have good flow and you know and there's something really extraordinary about staying at home with your baby and doing that all day and like having that be life and at the same time I can kind of sense that there's this like little piece of me where I have a lot of creative ideas. I have a lot of things that are like, oh, I would love to put this into motion or maybe create this. I have all of a sudden I'm bursting with business ideas. I feel like I feel, I'm feeling really creative right now, really. I feel like if I, if I wasn't at home with a four month old, I could probably initiate some really cool stuff now. But I also know probably the reason I have, I'm bursting with all of this creativity is because I'm home with him. 
because I don't have this high paced pressured life right now. Like I do have space and I mean space with a four year old. It's still, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm on, I mean, four month old. It's not like I'm on vacation or anything, but I do have this soft, gentle pace to my day where I have time to think and time to write and yeah, just some, some time to at least have the inner workings of creativity kind of churn. But then of course I don't have the time to to move anything forward or to actually act on anything. It's kind of like I have a lot of happening inside of me, basically. Like our days, you know, let, let's do a little little day recap. I would love, I wish I had a bunch of moms with babies around the same age. Like, how are your days? Like, what are you doing all day? Are we doing the same thing? I mean, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose we're all more or less doing the same thing. But I really do wish I had some mom friends around so I could kind of share some of these moments. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where Ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically-backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high-quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. Take two delayed-release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption, and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So we wake up in the morning, usually around seven. Today, for some reason, he woke up at eight, um, but usually it's like seven-ish. We have some mornings where all of a sudden at 6.15, he's like, hello, good morning. And, you know, he starts just talking and smiling and laughing. It's like the day is, is here. If he wakes up before seven, I bring him to Dennis. And then Dennis gives me an hour in the morning to sleep. So that's really nice. Like if he wakes up at 6.15, I go into Dennis. I'm like, he's up. <laughs> and then he takes him and Leia stays. Leia, Leia's like, she can sleep a long time. Like she, she likes to sleep in, in the morning. So we usually have to wake her up. But yeah, he usually wakes up at seven and then we get up. And we have first thing in the morning, it's like getting Leia ready for school because Leia leaves at 7.40. She's supposed to wake up at 6.30, but she's not really like, it's always like a little bit of a rush in the morning, which is hard. I like to be up and be with Dennis and her when, when we get ready for school and not be asleep. Then if I've had a really hard night, like sometimes I'm sleeping through that, but just because I don't want her to feel rushed in the morning and just making her breakfast and getting her ready. And then Dennis and her, usually sometimes me and Bear join, but usually it's Dennis and her walk over to the bus, which is like, right. I mean, it's right here. And then she takes the bus to school. And that's Bear's nap time. Like he's awake an hour in the morning only. Then it's nap time, which is perfect. So then Dennis and I get to have like a moment of breakfast and our coffee and like a moment to kind of connect and ground. And then he goes to work. <laughs> and then he goes to work and I'm still in my PJs. You know, I'm still like, yeah, some days I'm in my PJs all day. I try to have a moment like late morning where I take a shower and I get dressed and getting dressed usually means I just change my like sleeping, <laughs> like my sleep, like tank top nursing top thing that I sleep in for like an identical version of that <laughs> that I wear in the day. And I put on my yoga pants. <laughs> that's my, I got dressed today. Like that's my, that's my uniform. Like I'm in yoga pants 
seven days out of seven. Like, I mean, every single day, it's just yoga pants. And <laughs> yeah, that's dressing up. And part of that is that I literally cannot fit into a single one of my jeans. None. No, like none at, at all. And it really is like, it's no longer dress season here. Like this has been fine, like pregnancy, postpartum when it's been summer and then fall was really nice. And now it's like, it's snowing outside. If I was normal, I almost used the word normal, but if I wasn't postpartum, like I would be wearing jeans probably every day and like thick knitted socks and, you know, like fluffy, cozy knitted sweaters and things like that. But no, I do not fit into a single pair of my pre-pregnancy pants. And I oscillate between like feeling anxiety about that, like feeling like, oh, shouldn't my body be more like it was before? And also just frustration from like, I don't want to buy clothes at this stage of my body. Like I know my body is not going to look what it is like the way it looks now for the rest of my life. I don't know what it will be in six months, a year. So, I mean, yeah, maybe this is it for the rest of my life, but I don't think so, right? So I just, I don't want to buy a bunch of stuff now that six months or a year from now is going to be just yeah pointless or I'll have to give it away or, or something like that. So I'm just kind of frustrated that I can't really wear any of my pre-pregnancy clothes aside from yoga pants. Thank God for stretchy pants. <laughs> they still hold up. They still hold up. So I oscillate between, yeah, some anxiety about that. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know how I like, I don't feel good in my body. And also that feeling of just not having a closet full of clothes where you can just choose whatever you want and get dressed and focused on, focus on like what makes you feel pretty or what makes you feel good, you know, in what you're wearing today. I don't have those options. I just have my yoga pants, literally. And then I, whatever I choose to pair that with. So sometimes it's like, oh, some days. And then some days, like I'll move between that kind of anxiety, frustration to like, oh, like I really am so beautiful in this version of my body. Really, like this version of me is so, it's so soft and it's so magnificent and it's so, so special. Like I held and grew this human here for such a long time and here he is. And like the size of my little like postpartum belly now, it's perfect. It's like a little stoop for him to sit on. <laughs> so we'll walk around and I'm like holding him with one arm and he's kind of on my little tummy there. And then I have one hand free and that's kind of how we navigate our day. And then some days I'm like, this was so meant to be this way that we have like a little, little pooch <laughs> for the baby to, to like ground into. I don't know. It just feels like we're like two puzzle pieces and we fit perfectly together kind of. And, and then I'll, you know, feel really just proud of my body and I'm starting to feel stronger again, like just moving my body more, but I'm not seeing really a lot of changes in terms of like what it looks like in the mirror or anything like that. And I'm trying really hard to not attach anything to that, right? That this is really like we're postpartum for the rest of our lives. What my body just went through was this huge life-changing thing, this massive, massive, massive thing that I am healing from right now. And everything is different, literally. Like my digestive system is different. I really literally feel like the insides of my body, I can feel there's a shift. My whole, all of my organs have moved around in there. Like everything is just, yeah, not the same as it was. So it also makes sense that I don't look the same as I did. And that it's supposed to be that way, that this is the norm, this is what is, this is actually what's very normal. And the stark contrast between the normal of that and the beauty and just the, yeah, the, the natural beauty of the body postpartum and the contrast to what society tells us the body is supposed to be postpartum and what the internet says and what social media shows you and snapback culture and all of that. Like it's so, it's so not at all in alignment with what this time is, really, truly. And if we look at that, like if you're home with a baby now, and hopefully if you're just a few months postpartum, you're home with your baby. You don't have to go back to work, hopefully. And just look at like how soft our days are, where we like sit in our PJs all day and just nursing and you know, like I get my moments to get dressed sometime late morning, like into my new, I switched one pair of yoga pants for another pair of yoga pants. And then, 
it's like we eat and we play and we snuggle and he's smiling and he's so, so sweet and so fun to be around now. And then all of a sudden it's nap time again. It's like I put him to bed again or we go for a walk, which is like we go for at least one long walk a day. Like we walk for an hour or so which he loves. He really went from hating the stroller. Like we, he's just, we had such a big shift in every area, like around sleep and everything. He went from literally despising the stroller. Like I would put him in the stroller and he would act like I'm just, it's torture. Like he just hated it to, it got cold. And now to be in the stroller, he needs to wear his little overalls, like his little bear suit. And there's something about, I think, being bundled up in layers. And it also restricts your movement a little bit. You know, he can't like, he can't like wiggle around as much as he does normally. He can't sleep on his back, like in bed, but in the stroller, he sleeps so well on his back because he's so bundled together, you know, with all of his like outer, with all of his clothes. And then we walk and it's like on this walk every day, it's an hour walk. We take around lunchtime or a little bit after lunch. I just, I have so much time. Like that's like when I have really a lot, a lot of time, time to think time to contemplate. Sometimes I listen to a podcast. Sometimes I call a friend and we just talk the whole walk. And most of the time I'm just kind of thinking, (laughs) just walking him and looking at the beauty of nature and just like I'm in my body and I get to breathe and, and think. And that's when I have, I start having all of these ideas and all of this, like just a little bit of like creative movement inside of me where my fingers are itching a bit to just, oh, I would love to do something. I would love to create something. But I also know that that season is not right now for me. So maybe it's more about those wheels kind of churning a little bit and maybe putting those ideas down on paper and then kind of seeing where it takes me, I guess. But that is literally our day. It's like we're awake, we snuggle, and then we sleep. And then he wakes up and we snuggle and then he sleeps. (laughs) And then because he sleeps really well now, like he can sleep an hour or two or two and a half hours in bed depending on the nap. Sometimes it's just an hour or or something, but at least two of the naps a day are usually pretty long. And then all of a sudden I have, I have time. And what am I doing with said time? Well, I'm cleaning, (laughs) emptying and filling the dishwasher for the thousandth time. I'm cooking, like I'm trying to get, I try to cook dinner early in the day and have it ready so that when Leah comes and Dennis comes and we have that like kind of short couple of hours at the end of the day where we're all together that we don't have to stress about food or that we don't have anything ready and then, you know, end up making something that's just not as nourishing or I try to just have dinner ready, which is really sometimes really hard because sometimes I have to do all of these things with one hand. Like it's really impossible to chop an onion with one hand, but I've learned how. (laughs) Dennis was watching me like holding him with one arm yesterday. I was making scrambled eggs and he's like, dude, you crack eggs with one hand now. I'm like, dude, that's like the least cool thing I can do with one hand. I can do anything. I can go to the bathroom like with him on my lap. Like I can do anything. I can put my, put my shoes on and tie my shoes with one hand. That's impressive. Like, and it's not like I have to carry him all the time, but he's not, I don't know. He, like he likes to be lie on his back or on his belly or like have like playtime, but you have to be really present with him. He can literally, he can chill for an hour on the floor and play, but you have to be there with him and talk to him and engage with him and be emotionally present with him. Otherwise, no, no. Like he's not that kind of baby. Like I've seen some of those, I have, I have friends that have babies like that, where you just put them in like one of those little babysitter bouncy things in like a corner or in the side of the room. And they're just like so content, like looking out at the world. And and Bear is not like that. Bear is content all the time. Like he's not, he doesn't complain. He doesn't cry. He's so easy as long as you're present with him. Like that's it. He doesn't want to be forgotten about. He doesn't want to be put in a corner. (laughs) Nobody puts Bear in a corner. He doesn't like the bouncy sitter thing. Like he just, he likes to sit on the table. We have this little baby like seat where babies can sit in before they're old enough to sit and he can sit in that. And if we're all at the table sitting there and he's like at eye level, then he can chill for really like for a long time. But it's not like I can cook and he's on the floor or anything. No, then he wants to be held and he wants to be with me. So I'm just, I'm doing all of life with one hand. (laughs) And it totally works. Like it really totally works. Like I have nothing to complain about in my days. Like days with Bear, 
Life with Bear. You guys, life, I could cry. Life with Bear is so sweet. Life with Bear is precious, really, truly precious. Like we are so out of that immediate postpartum newborn phase where things are hard and where all of a sudden there's lots of crying and I can't figure it out or all of a sudden there's no sleeping or having to bounce on the ball, like all of that really, because it was really hard there for a while, like really that early. I think like his second month is probably our hardest, hardest month. And now Leia says, well, now that he's not a potato anymore, (laughs) now that he's a human, now that he's a person, life with Bear is is amazing. Like it really, truly is amazing. He wakes up from every single nap, every time, every single nap, smiling. Like there's no crying with him anymore at all. He just, he wakes up smiling. He can chill in bed for a long time without anyone kind of coming in because he wakes up in such a good mood and he's just kind of like talking to himself and, you know, playing with his own little hands and just so happy to wake up from every nap and then coming into the room to pick him up when he's woken up it's just he's just lying there beaming at us like he's so smiley so happy all the time (laughs) I could cry thinking about it I don't know and he's just he has the sweetest gentlest demeanor yeah I don't know I just I'm so in love with his little personality and it's so funny how different he is from Leia like Leia has this big you know, look at me kind of personality. Like she wants to be center of attention all the time. She wants to be on stage. She's kind of like a, she's definitely going to be some sort of performer. Like I, I have no doubt whatever she does with her life, it's going to be probably on some kind of stage where she is seen and celebrated, like really like, you know, lights on her kind of. And Bear is not like that. He wants presence but he wants like gentle quality presence. He doesn't want to be surrounded by tons of people looking at him. No. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We went to a party last week. (laughs) This was like, oh yeah, I I don't think I even talked about this on social media or anything. So Dennis and Leah went to Holland in the weekend because uh, it was Dennis's little sister's birthday um, on Monday, so 30th of November, and there was a memorial for her. And yeah, so if you listen to this pod, you probably know she passed away earlier this year. And um, Dennis decided to take just Leia. It's easier, easier trip and easier to have the focus be in the right place. So Bear and I stayed home. He's never flown before and it was just a two-day trip. It would have been a lot. So I was alone with him here and I was invited to a party. And this was like, it was a, for one of my really good friends, it was kind of like a bachelorette party, but we weren't calling it that. It was more like a, like she just got married, a quiet wedding with just her closest. And this was like the girl celebration of her wedding. So kind of like a bachelorette-ish, but after the fact. And uh, I really wanted to go and I really felt like, okay, I think Bear is old enough that I could go. And it was at one of my best friend's uh, house and she lives right across the street from my mom in Stockholm. So I had this idea, maybe I can like feed Bear and he has at least like a two hour window where he's really happy if he's fed. And then maybe he could be with my mom or if Dennis is there, this was before we knew Dennis was going to go to Holland. And I can be at this party, like at my friend's house. And then I can just go over to my mom's house and nurse him and maybe put him to sleep and then go back to the party. Like that would be so great. Maybe I can have a whole evening like with my friends and feel <laughs> feel like a regular adult. <laughs> my big my big problem was of course like which what kind of yoga pants am I gonna wear for this part <laughs> for this party? <laughs> since since I have literally literally nothing to wear. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I have nothing to wear, but you have like a closet full of clothes. I have nothing to wear. Okay. It's kind of breaking my heart, but I really don't. 
But so, yeah, so I decided, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to try. I literally live in the woods from all of my friends. Like this is a group of friends. We were, I don't know, 10 people there. And these are all, it's like my old girl gang from school. Like we, we've known each other forever. And I really feel like I'm, I'm a little bit the odd one out. Like I'm the one who lives in the countryside. I've been away for so many years. Like I really, one of the reasons I wish I lived, sometimes I wish I lived, wish we lived closer to Stockholm. It's just so I could be closer to this community, right? So I could be more with the people I grew up with and especially these like old friends of mine. And, uh, so I really felt like, okay, I'm going to just commit. I'm going to go to Stockholm. I can do it on my own. Like Bear is so easy. Like he really is the easiest baby now. And then I found out Dennis is going to go to Stockholm. Like that, oh, he's going to go to Holland. Let that, that's okay. I can do this. Just if my mom's there, that's great. And then my mom tells me she's going to be away. So I'm like, well, it's okay. Like I'll just bring Bear to the party. And I ask my friend, I'm like, can I, is there, like, can I put him in like a, in a bedroom or something if he needs to nap? Like, is it okay? And then like, am I going to ruin the vibe bringing a baby to the party? And they're like, no, like we all want to meet him. Of course, bring him, bring him. <laughs> so, so I decide, okay, I'm just going to do this thing like with Bear and we'll see how it goes. Like if it doesn't work out, we'll leave. Like, it's okay. Like we'll just wing it. And I get there and although everyone was obviously like really happy to see Bear, really excited and like as with any girl gathering, like we're all moms at this stage, like whoever is breastfeeding usually is bringing a baby, like that's normal. But what I didn't really realize was that like this was kind of the first time that everyone was truly child free for like a really, in like a really long time. And it wasn't just this kind of cozy, like at home, like let's drink some wine kind of evening, but like, it was like a party party. Like these moms wanted to kind of rage, (laughs) like it was on. And the excitement, like the level of excitement when I step into this apartment is just, it's peak. Music is really loud. There's champagne. Everyone looks amazing. Like everyone looks I don't know if I showed you a picture of each one of these women, like you would just be in, in shock. Like everyone is just like model looking amazing in super nice outfits. Everyone is like, has their hair. Like everyone looks so great. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, and it was a theme. It was like a themed party. It was, (laughs) it was Paris themed. (laughs) And I obviously was like, well, I'm not going on theme. Like I can barely go as human. (laughs) Like for me to like go through the efforts to make my outfit like Paris theme, like that's not going to happen. Like I'm not going out to dinner and then going clubbing, which was what all the, all of them were doing. I'm just here for like the, the early stages of this celebration, right? Like I'll just wear whatever I'm wearing. So I found this dress that I had like way back in the closet. It's really cute, but obviously it's, it's like all my dresses are a little bit new agey and a little bit hippie. Like it's like a flower printed kind of dress and it has like a little, like a see-through layer. And it's really, it's really cute. Like I really love this dress, but it's definitely not on theme. But I wore that and then I could wear just like leggings underneath. And I get there and I'm the only one not dressed in black or white. And and then I look at my dress and I'm like, oh, and there's like spit up, (laughs) like all over my shoulder, like... (laughs) I just, like, I just, I mean, I I just, I really showed up in like my mom, my mom uniform, right? And then here, they're all moms, but they were like really left kids at home and like, hey, we're going out, we're going to have a fun night. And I'm like, well, so anyway, I get there and then all these girls are so excited to see Bear and Bear ends up center of attention and the volume is just really loud. Everyone is really excited, really happy. And it was a surprise. We kept waiting for Cornelia, our friend, to show up. And and Bear is like in the middle of the room. And I can tell kind of right away, like he's not into this. Like he's just, he's looking around left and right. He just, he feels a little overwhelmed. And I keep finding myself, I'm like backing away a little bit just to get a little more space between him and everyone. Because I could just tell like this is a little overwhelming for him. And this is new for me, having had Leia, who was literally like as a baby, she was like, put me in the middle of a yoga studio surrounded by 60 people clapping at me. (laughs) She was just, she was just always center of attention, always like 
yeah, in the middle of the room, the more people like looking at her, smiling at her, talking to her, clapping at her, the better. Like that's how Leia grew up. And Bear, no, no, like Bear has grown up in a farmhouse on the countryside in the woods, seeing almost no one. <laughs> like he's had a very different start to his life than Leia's had. Like Leia was a part of her very first retreat when she was four weeks old. And then we had a retreat when she was two months old. We had a retreat when we had a big like charity retreat right at this age when she was four months old. And then teacher trainings. I mean, she's just she just grew up like center of tons of people who were all so excited to see her because they had seen her on Instagram and they were like showing up with gifts and just loving her. You know, it was it was a very weird way, I guess, to grow up. And Bear has not had that experience <laughs> at all. So we're in this kitchen, everyone's drinking champagne, everyone's so happy to see Bear. And Bear is just little by little, like starts to unravel in this kitchen. Like just, no, 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 he doesn't want it. One of my friends is like, oh my God, can I hold him? Oh, hi. I've, you know, I love you so much and I'm so happy to finally meet you. And he just looks at her and he, his big bottom lip just kind of, he just starts pouting and his lip starts trembling. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to fall apart. Like, he's going to cry right now. It's just, <laughs> just out of like overwhelm. And he's not that bear. Like, he's not that baby. Normally, like at home, whoever comes home, but that's like one person at a time. He's super happy to be in anybody's arms. Anyone so far can hold him. Anyone can smile at him and talk to him. And he's just really content. But this was just too much, right? And then he just he just falls apart. Like he just starts crying. And I'm like, okay, okay. He's also a little bit tired. I'm going to go put him to bed. Okay. I'll be right back. You guys <laughs> sneak away into the bedroom. And he just, he's just is so sad. Like he's just so, like he looks around. He's like, what is this? Am I supposed to sleep here? Like he's never slept anywhere that isn't at home. He's never been away for the night ever. And it just wasn't happening. Like it was the worst. It was the worst. <laughs> It was the worst. It was such a bad, it was a bad idea. He's crying and crying and crying. And I'm like, you know, there's music, there's loud people outside. I also have this feeling of like, hey, we came all the way here. If you would just fall asleep now, then maybe I could like have an hour to hang with my friends. You know, it's like we did this whole trip for this. And then, you know, and then he doesn't want to sleep. And, and then I realized, okay, like my energy is making this harder. Like, this is fine. Like if he doesn't sleep, it's fine. We can just go home. We can just go to my mom's house. We were spending the night there, even though, because my mom was away. And then I go back out into the kitchen. I'm like, hey, well, he doesn't want to nap. So we're going to be here for a little while. And he's just clinging to me. And we have this milestone thing, this, this milestone of development that I've been really looking forward to that Dennis and I have been talking about for the past couple of weeks. And that is the moment your baby starts reaching for you, you know, that feeling where like they reach their arms out because they want to like be with you. Like that's a big milestone. Like that's a big moment, you know, as for, for a mom, for a parent. And we've both felt like for the past like two weeks, like he's starting to reach a little bit, but not really. He hasn't like actually done it. But I, and we talk about it. Like imagine when he's reaching for us to be picked up or like when he wants to come to you or come to me, like it's such a sweet moment. And then one of my friends was like, oh, come here, bear. Come here. We're at a party. Like, give him to me. And he, she just kind of like grabs him and he turns to me and he reaches both arms. <laughs> like, but it wasn't out of like love or joy. It was like out of desperation. It was like, no, 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 <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I don't know what's going on here, but like, give me back to my mom. <laughs> And he like does a full reach for me. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that's, this is the moment <laughs> that I get. It's like out of pure desperation. So anyway, it did not work out like at all in any way. He was just so sad. And I had to go like, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, like Cornelia showed up, we got to do the big surprise. And then basically I had to leave. Like it just did not work out. And I pack all this stuff and I put him in the stroller. And as soon as we get outside, he's like quiet again. And it's cold. And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be a really hard night for us, I'm sure. Like, he's just not content, not happy. We get to my mom's apartment and my sister shows up and she goes, hi, Bear, I've missed you so much. And I go, no, no, no. Like, he doesn't want to hang out with anyone. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to be picked up. He doesn't want to be with anyone else. Like, he's just not in a mood. And she goes to him and he just starts smiling at her. He just beams at her. And she goes, what are you talking about? And then she picks him up and he's so happy. <laughs> 
Like he was just so happy to be in a quiet place. Like he did not want to be a he did he's not a party bear. Okay, I don't know what I was thinking, but this is not a party bear. This is not the kind of bear you just randomly bring to parties and put to bed in random bedrooms. No, no. This is a bear who lives in the forest, who loves his farmhouse, who enjoys his family, but like definitely not a center of attention kind of baby. And I have to say, I just, I really, I really love him for that. I don't know. I really feel like he's, he has a lot of integrity already. I don't know if, can you say that about a four month old? You know how as babies, you can so early on, you can tell so much about their personality, about what kind of human they're going to grow into. And I feel like people sometimes make fun of that. Like, it's just a baby. Aren't all babies the same? Like, no, they all show up on this earth with their own really unique personalities and their own little quirks and their own energies. And they're really so truly their own beings. So much of it, of course, there's also like nature versus nurture. We, we talk about that sometimes. Like if Leia didn't grow up at a yoga studio surrounded by people, would she be this extroverted? Would she be this comfortable, like on stage and being seen? And would she want to be the next Taylor Swift <laughs> if she hadn't grown up like center of attention her whole life? Or was she always comfortable center of attention? Did she always know? Was she always extroverted? Like was she, you know, was it always in her already? to want to be seen, to be comfortable around other people, to be this social little butterfly that she is. I don't know. I feel like she definitely, they're definitely born the way they are, but then obviously, you know, they're shaped from their environments too. But I really feel like with Bear, like he has this sense of integrity there. Like I can see him growing up just being very, not serious, but just very trustworthy. Like very, mm, like there is a, I don't know how you say it. And in, in, there's an assertiveness in him, not a seriousness, but like just like this assertiveness of like he knows who he is. And this boy is not going to bend. He's not going to pretend for other people. You know, he's going to be who he is, truly. And I just, I just, I just love him so much. Like life with Bear, <laughs> it's best. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i had this weird i don't know this this i had this weird realization this week and i was sharing with a friend that the the more easygoing Bear is, like the less demanding he is, which now these days, I mean, that that night at the party is like the big anomaly from what life is, like life with him all day. We can go days on end and he doesn't cry at all. He just lets me know when he's tired, like he just starts to whine a little bit and it's like, put me to bed and let me put him to bed and he sleeps. And I had this realization that the more easygoing he is, I start, I start to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like I, I start to feel like, is he okay? Like, is he suffering somehow? Is something not right? And it doesn't make sense, right? Because a baby that is suffering obviously cries, like a baby that where something's not right, like they let you know, right? But I have this inner feeling almost like he's too easy right now. 
he's too gentle, he's too sweet, like something should be harder, something should be, like is something wrong? And I was trying to figure out what is this weird feeling that I have? Is it that I think like life has to be kind of hard all the time and that's the default that I fall back to? But no, I think, I feel like I've, I'm done with that way of thinking. And I realized, right, I think this, I think I realized, like this is my that's my how I'm kind of diagnosing my my feelings a little bit. But when I was growing up, I have such vivid memories of the times in my life where I got the most attention, where I really felt like, okay, well, not right now, I'm really seen, like I'm really held, I'm getting support. That was always the moments when something was wrong. Like that was the moment when when I was sick, for example. Like I got asthma when I was little. I was almost four years old. Whenever I had an asthma attack, like those were my biggest moments in life where I felt most seen and most loved always. When something wasn't right with me, when I was ill, and then I got older when I was like in my preteens and teenage years, if I if my back was out, if I had back pain, then I got a lot of a lot of love and support. And I, I think that that's kind of that some, there's something there in my backbone that if you complain, if something's off, if you're in pain, if you're struggling, well, then it's easier for you to receive love. Like it's easier to to be at the center of something that feels really caring. And I think with Bear, there's something there's something really healing happening there about like this is just like loving him and seeing him and caring for him in all of his easygoingness. Like just just being with him in this mundane, day-to-day, kind of boring, extraordinarily beautiful time. It really feels like it's healing something really old inside of me. Like he doesn't have to fuzz for me to be 100% present with him. There hasn't doesn't have to be anything wrong. There doesn't have to be something that I have to fix. There is no rescuing or fixing needed there at all. And although that should just be the most easygoing experience, for me, it's actually a little bit of a challenge because my default is like, well, what do I do now if there's nothing to fix, right? Like, I don't have to rescue him in any way. I don't have to, almost like when we were bouncing on the Pilates ball all day, I'm like, okay, well, I have an issue here. <laughs> right? We have something to work on where we have to get through this together. And now it's like, there's nothing for us to get through. It's just really, really, really loving and easy. And then I get uncomfortable. Like, why is that? You know? And I think about the same time with Leia, when Leia was this age, this was not our experience. When Leia turned four months, that was our hardest time. Um, she didn't sleep at all. She didn't nap in the day. She didn't sleep at night. There was lots of crying. I was really anxious. I was also had a really hard time being fully present with her because I was so busy elsewhere. And I had a lot of anxiety about that. It was just like a very different experience. And I know like Leia got the best version of me I could have possibly offered to her at that time. Like I could not have loved her more. Like it really was, it was a different, different, I was a different mother then. I had different tools and a whole different life experience, like a whole different life situation at the time. And now it's like this blessing of getting to live here in the woods and have life with Bear on the farm and have it be so gentle. Yeah, it's it's strange, huh? When if you spend most of your life thinking your sole purpose here is to solve problems and to fix things and to, yeah, <laughs> life is an uphill climb and then all of a sudden it's not, and there's nothing to fix, and the problems you have in your life are really solvable, and also this ginormous sense of perspective, which I really think all of us have right now with what's happening in Gaza. I, I didn't know if I was going to go here today or not. I just decided to sit down and speak from where I am. I asked on Instagram, like, hey, what should I talk about on the podcast And I had an equal amount of people saying, like, talk about Gaza, as I had people saying, don't talk about it, please. Can we talk about, can we, can we talk about something grounding? And I also get like wanting to come to a podcast to not receive everything that we're receiving through the news and through social media. Like I I fully, and I'm with you. I do the same thing. Like when I'm out for my walk with Bear, I'm not listening to the news, right? I'm like, okay, I need a, I need a break from, from the suffering that's, 
that's in my face every day. But I think at the very least, something we all have right now at this moment in time is perspective. Like the things that we are, of course, our problems and issues are all valid, but we have perspective, right? We know that um, we get to tuck a safe, healthy child into a warm bed every night. Like we are so blessed and that's really it. Like if we have that, if we have a roof over our heads and a family that's healthy and we are in a safe place, like literally that is it. What more could we possibly need? Like what is there to complain about really? Not to minimize all of our problems because of course they still go on and they still exist and we all have, you know, our own personal heartbreak and grief and trauma and shit and also the day-to-day just annoyances of life. Like, you know, it's it's being human, like we all go through this. But somehow being able to be in that and also hold a perspective of we are just so fucking lucky. How blessed are we to sit here in this moment right now? I feel like I've said this on every podcast for the past three weeks. It's like if if we're listening to this podcast right now, we are in a safe space. And that means we are privileged. It means we are blessed. It means we are lucky because luck, it's pure luck that allows us to be here now. And um, that feeling of having a, an anchor in collective heartache all throughout the day. I think a lot of us have that feeling. I feel like I have one foot standing in that like pit of just despair and grief and and it's, oof, yeah, no, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about. But then the rest of my body and my other leg and my other foot is grounded in my day-to-day where I'm doing the things and doing doing my day with Bear. And then Leah comes home and Dennis comes home and we have dinner and it's like family life and planning for stuff. And we're going on a trip this week. We're, we're leaving for two weeks on vacation. And it's just life continues to happen, Right. But then I have that one foot just anchored in so much pain. And because it's not my personal pain, it's easy to divert attention back to my to the my regular life and get lost in that from time to time. And there was a few weeks ago where I thought, no, it's not healthy to keep one foot anchored in collective despair. It's not, it's not good. Like, don't do that. Step away, turn off the news, turn off your phone talk about something else, take care of yourself, take care of your own, and then go back and then learn and, 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 and read and process and like, don't hide from it, but also don't, don't stay in it all the time. Well, now I feel different. I feel like I don't have to look at those atrocious images every moment of the day, but having one foot anchored in that collective place of grief means I'm present there. It, it gives a sense of solidarity to the people who are suffering I go through my day and I think about this woman, this one video that I think a lot of us have seen already of a a woman, young, I really, I really see myself in her, the way I see myself in every mother, like how we have so much in common, how every mother walking this earth has so much in common. And she's kneeling on the floor and she's holding her dead child. And that image, like that moment it replays in the back of my head kind of all throughout the day not on an endless loop but it's like I go back to that memory now and then I cook lunch right and then I go back to that memory and I wonder and and how is she doing where is she and I think having one foot anchored in that in the pain of what's unfolding is actually not unhealthy it's actually grounding in a place of togetherness with people we've never met. And I like to believe that there is something there that's felt. I like to believe that if we collectively connect to that place of actual compassion, not just compassion through a screen or compassion where we write a comment on someone's post or something like that, but like compassion where we feel it in our bodies. And I think that's a different kind of solidarity And I think you know what I mean. If you've had that experience of seeing a video or an image or something like that, and you've really cried and you've had a real big cry and you really see yourself in that person, 
right? You really see that, okay, well, we are connected here. This is not them and us. It's not them and me and I on my own. It's like, this is, this is us. That there is something there that shifts when we can somatically experience that compassion in our physical bodies. And I really believe that that's activism too. It's a part of activism. And of course, we can't just leave it at that. We can just sit at home and cry and feel like, oh, I've done, I've done my part. No, but there is something about that shared moment of energy and emotion that, that I at least believe does something, right? It does something and it's a different quality than anger. It's a different quality than outrage. And we need the anger and we need the outrage and we need to call upon the people in power to do something and we need to keep donating money and we need to keep sharing these images and we need to keep talking about them and we need to keep debating if there's debates had in in your life there's lots on my end all of that is important but also that yeah that physical felt sense experience of what's happening in our bodies is there too and that can only happen from a regulated place I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it really does to me. So when I'm spinning, when I'm anxious, when I feel like I can't take this, I'm losing it, I can no longer sit in the place of, of presence and compassion with the people who are suffering. It's like I, I lose it and I can only focus on me and mine. So it is true that all the things that we have to do to stay sane and to stay anchored, it's they're absolutely crucial still. Like... You need to still do your yoga. You need to still sit in your meditation practice. You need to still go for your run. You need to still, yeah, take your breaks. You need to still go for your walk. Like you need to drink the water and eat the good food. And you need to do what you need to do to stay grounded. But I no longer think that we should all step away and then step back. I think actually if we're regulated to have a foot there and to be present there. And I like to believe that that what 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 is happening now, and how many of us are so openly, outspokenly objecting to the violence that happens. Like I have to believe that this it it will change something. I don't know. I I really uh, it depends on I guess what time of day you would ask. <laughs> like, is there hope for humanity? Catch me in the in a bad moment, and I'll say no, no. I don't know. And catch me in a good moment. And of course, yes, there's hope, of course. So yeah, perspective, perspective, perspective. And with perspective comes gratitude. And if it's something that I'm feeling in my body now, also just talking about life with Bear and the little mundane beauty of my own little life right now, I'm really grateful I get to be here. And I'm really heartbroken about the state of this world. And I'm really scared about what the future holds. And also I feel a sense of comfort in knowing that I know you feel the same way. I'm not alone in my heartbreak. I'm not alone in my fear. And I'm not alone in my gratitude. Right? We all have so much in common. And we have to really hold on to that. Yeah, we have to really hold on to each other. Thank you for being here with me today and letting me just speak from the heart. Next week, I will be talking to you from the other side of the world. I'm going on vacation with my whole family. My dad is turning 60, so the whole the whole family, we're going 16 people together, <laughs> which could be just magical and beautiful and could also be wild and, and crazy. We've never had a trip like this. I'm really, uh, yeah, it also feels so far removed right now to even talk about the idea of getting on a plane, truly. The idea of going on vacation seems so, yeah, bizarre, actually, at this time. But so does everything that's a part of normal life, I think. So I'm grateful I get to do that. I'm grateful to get a little break from the gray and the cold here in Sweden right now. And also knowing that when we get back, I can actually put up the Christmas tree. Like that, that, that feels, <laughs> that feels like something. 
So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.